Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. James Bond thriller could be more exciting than the first. Krilenko. So he's back. Another Bulgarian they use as a killer. Take a look. You should remember him. This man kills for pleasure. James Bond, the notorious, amazing Doctor No secret agent is back, and half the world is out to kill him, as he fits his murderous talents against the Iron Curtain and its velvet women. Well, I'll tell you something, Coltoni. You're one of the most beautiful girls I've ever seen. I think my mouth is too big. No, it's the right size. For me, that is. Russia with love comes Tatiana, fate for the trap. From the four corners of the world come the men and women who play a deadly, dangerous game of espionage. Do not be alarmed, my friend. We will make you as comfortable as possible. Ali Kerim Bey, head of Station T, Turkey. Karazno Gransky, codename Grant. Chief executioner of Spectre. My orders are to kill you and deliver the lector. All I do, it's my business. M of British Secret Service. The woman called Rosa Klebb playing a double, double cross. Klebb. Romano. The door. Romano! with love. They dance for him. They yearn for him. They die for him. From Zagreb to Sofia. From Venice to Istanbul. From Paris to London. Agent 007 cuts an inimitable path through the palaces and boudoirs of espionage. James, you're hurting me. I'll be worse than that if you don't tell me. I'm doing this under orders, I know. And what are they? Even if you kill me, I can say nothing. Dennis Gage from the TV show My Classic Car, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And now... Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Presto! <laughs> no doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like.
Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars and Memories show host Robert. Run your computer, you can Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our 480 some odd shows, you can tune into our archive page. Archives. Archive. Archive page. And you can hear all of our shows. Anyway, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tommy, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Robert. How are you doing? I always try to catch him off guard, but he's paying attention. He's paying attention in the studio there. So, <laughs> uh, My son Bobby's probably listening because he's back at school in Orlando at uh, UCF, University of Central Florida. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. we got a hey, hey there, hi there, ho there on the text, so he's, he's tuned in, too. Actually, he's my backup, just in case I goof off. He sends me little texts instructions and stuff like that. So he prompts me. How about that? So he's, he's studying stage management. So see, he's used to uh, uh, stage managing. So he's radio show managing here for us. Anyway, we've got a pretty exciting show for you tonight. We've got ex- uh, two exciting guests coming on our show. The, uh, one gentleman's been on our show before. He's a good friend of mine. He's uh, very much involved in... Uh, the collector car world and the lifestyle world of uh, automotive uh, coolness, I should say. He's also an author. At any rate, he'll be on in a few minutes. He's also a motorcycle guy. The gentleman we come on a little bit later is also a motorcycle guy. In fact, we're coming off the second week now. We're still kind of uh, carrying on our little thing because we still can't get over the fact that, you know, Monterey Collector Car Week was two weeks ago. And the buzz is still in the air. All kinds of buzzes is still in the air, you know, because it's just an amazing event, you know. It's really, you know, um, the closest thing we have here in Florida is Amelia Island. Amelia Island is generally Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The big event, obviously, is the Amelia Island Concourse d'Elegance. By the way, the uh, guest of honor this year is uh, Roger Penske. Wow, that should be exciting. He's just an amazing man. You talk about, we have this little thing we say, my son and I. Penske perfect because everything Penske does is perfect, you know. Especially you know he's just as as committed as you can possibly get in the uh, racing world, you know. And just probably one of the most uh, outstanding team owners and probably one of the most winningest team owners too, I think. So we stand a chance. We interviewed him a few years back. There's a good possibility we'll get uh, Roger Penske on again in the future because he's an amazing uh, amazing individual individual you know and he's been on all aspects of it you know so uh, you know racing team owner driver uh, mechanic you know just pretty cool uh, we got a couple other interesting people coming up here in the future uh, Jim Busby just a, a class act gentleman racer he'll be coming on our show here sometime in the future I've got another gentleman coming on next week a real good friend of mine uh, who has an amazing collection of cars and it just seems like he consistently has cars that show up at Pebble Beach or Amelia Island. And uh, so he's got some very unique cars because his background is he used to supply cars to uh, to the movie world and for commercials and all that stuff. And uh, he himself was always kind of like in the back scenes. But his cars, if you saw the commercials and you saw his cars, you'd definitely recognize some of the cars, especially some of them in some of the more famous movies with some pretty, pretty interesting uh, leading actors driving those vehicles. And, uh, and or motorcycles. Tonight our theme is going to be motorcycles. And uh, at Monterey this year, as, as they do every year, there's obviously tons and tons and tons of cars. And uh, so there are tons and tons of motorcycles. Not as many, though, but there are quite a few motorcycles. And Vinny's motorcycles is huge. And uh, Gordon McCall, does a, uh, who does the um, McCall Motorworks Revival, does the uh, quail a motorsports gathering, but he also does the quail a motorcycle gathering. And he has some amazing bikes that show up at his event. That event generally takes place in the spring, I believe. And uh, so with a little luck, we'll have uh, Gordon on again because he is a regular on our show. And uh, we'll be talking about the uh, quail motorcycle gathering. Um, I'm going to give a big shout-out to our friends up there at... Uh, at uh, Barber Motorsports Museum, and with a little luck, I'll have uh, Mr. Barber on in the future because the Barber Motorsports uh, Vintage Weekend is coming up, I believe, the end of September, October. That's generally when that is. And that's uh, if you if you really are into bikes, the Barber Motorsports Museum and the Barber Motorsports Park are absolutely uh, phenomenal. The the track 
is very technical, very curvy. It's, uh, it was designed initially for motorcycles, although it's wide enough to have cars on it. So some of the vintage car guys go there. Um, some of your major manufacturers and, uh, and uh, racing teams actually rent out Barber Motorsports to do some testing and tuning because it is such a spectacular track. Um, it's got uh, Topo, so it's, it's kind of like, you know, Road Atlanta or Laguna Seco or Sears Point or Road America, where it's got highs and lows, you know, and twisty turns, concentric, uh, well, not concentric, uh, decreasing turns, things like that. So things that really hone your skills as a driver, put a lot of strain and stress on the cars, you know, and uh, it makes everybody competitive. And uh, so that should be interesting, too. Um Back to Monterey Collector Car Week, or Monterey Car Week. So, like I said, Amelia Island is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Monterey Car Week actually starts on the Thursday before, and it turns out to be about 9, 10 days of just intense, intense car mania. I guess there's no other way to describe it. And uh, the thing, I, I can tell you that in all the years that I've been going on and off since 1986 or 87, not counting when I was a kid, but since 86, 87, I know I took my wife out there one time, actually a couple times, it was, uh, it was, a, it was a pretty enjoyable time, you know, it wasn't, uh, wasn't intense, there was a lot of things to do, but nowadays, you just, it is impossible uh, for one person or two people to see everything. I mean, you just, uh, there's just so many events going on simultaneously. So you have to actually pick and choose. But the thing is, is when they use the term, there's truly something there for everybody, there really is something for everybody there, you know. So, uh, and again, you know, it's that whole California car culture thing. I really, really, truly wish we had that here in Florida. I wish we had it here on, on the eastern seaboard. I mean, there's a lot of car guys scattered out throughout the eastern seaboard. But keep in mind, California is like... Uh, Half of the United States seaboard or coastal area uh, for the western United States. And then you've got Oregon and Washington. And Oregon is pretty much in the cars. But Washington, uh, you'd be surprised how many people up there are in the cars. And here we have this entire eastern seaboard. And it's like itty-bitty little clicks. It's like there's no synergy there. And one of these days, one of these days, we'll get this. Uh, well, maybe we'll get lucky and we'll achieve all this stuff. Because here what we have in Florida, we just have pockets. A couple guys here, a couple guys over there. a couple, You know, and we need to kind of really... Get everybody together. And that's why there is the FLACarshows.com website. Because thanks to Tara Bush and her friends over there in Orlando, because they're based out of Orlando, uh, if you want to find out what all the action is in Florida in terms of all the car shows that are going on, so whether you're in Pensacola, whether you're in Tallahassee, whether you're in Jacksonville, whether you're in Lake City, whether you're in Citrus County, whether you're in Naples, whether you're in Sebring, uh, South Florida, Miami, Palm Beach, Boca, Jupiter, Vero Beach. And there's a lot of car guys. I just named off a lot of areas that I have customers everywhere in all these areas. Check out FLACarshows.com, and that's where you're going to find out where all the cool stuff is. And on that note, I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a commercial break, and we're going to bring our next guest on. So, Tommy, fire up that turntable. I think we got a little uh, – this gentleman's been around for a long time. Super guitarist, Otis Taylor. And uh, this is a song that uh, he wrote, and uh, I believe, but he's playing with his daughter. It's called "A Few Feet Away." Check it out. It's a little bluesy kind of song here. Hey, you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back.
This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Okay, we're back. You tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. And a big shout out to all my friends, including the very young and automotive enthusiastic Ariana Twiner. I see that she's listening here on the show. Uh, cute little kid. I say kid, you know, kids are, when they're younger, maybe we call them kids. That's a kind of a 30s thing. But anyway, she uh, was kind of hanging out with me there at uh, Pebble Beach this year. And uh, I was pretty impressed because she knew a lot about the high tech cars which I don't know much about. I'm a vintage car guy. but uh, So uh, big shout-out to her. Best of luck. She's an uh, engineering student at Columbia University. So we look forward to maybe having her on the show. We'll do a special millennial segment where we have young millennials talking about their passion for automobiles. And, of course, her dad's a real good friend of mine, Mark, and he collects antique uh, Cadillacs. So anyway, without further ado, it's time to introduce our uh, first special guest for the evening. Good friend of mine, alumni guest, Car guy, aficionado, author, consultant in the automotive lifestyle world. I'm delighted to welcome back to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. He's also a, a big wig with Bonhams Auction, Jared Zaug. Jared, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, and it's great to be back, Robert. How you doing? And uh, let's see, you're back home in uh, you're Utah, right? You're out west. I'm, I'm in Utah right now. I'm in the Rocky Mountains. That's right. We're fall coming, and I'm kind of sad that it means summer's over. No, because now you're going to have snow, and you'll be able to go skiing. So that's the bright <laughs> side of it. That's looking at the glass half full. You're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. Well, wait a minute. Now, see, you got all that. You'd be ice riding motorcycles on ice lakes or ice ice bike racing or whatever they call that up there, right? Isn't that something like that they do? There, there we go. Those are those are our brothers in in the, in the Midwest, typically up there in Wisconsin, and Minnesota, but. Yeah, we get plenty of snow out here, and I do, I do say this without being biased because I'm not originally from Utah, but it honestly is the best snow on earth. And uh, so, yeah, it'll be good once the snow falls. Is Deer Valley is that in Utah? Yes, yeah, that's uh, that's about half hour, forty five minutes from me. Lucky you, lucky you. Well, one of these days, I'm gonna have to make it out there because uh, I hear it's a spectacular ski resort, and it's owned, I believe, by Roger Penske. Correct. Well, actually, that I don't know. Okay. Uh, but we've got, um, we, we are spoiled for choice. We have um, six major world-class ski mountains within an hour of each other to choose from. So we are spoiled for choice, but kind of like you guys with beaches. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we do have some pretty cool beaches here. In fact, <laughs> Clearwater Beach has been rated number one, I think, a couple of years in a row. So uh, that's, that's pretty neat, too. I got when I went to Caledizzi Island for the first time, I could not believe how beautiful it was. That's just up the road from you, isn't it? Yeah, I can actually throw a rock from here and hit it. That's how close I am to Caledizzi. Wow. Oh, I, it, was, it, was, it was incredible. Anyway, yeah, beautiful, beautiful. All right, so we just came off of uh, the most amazing car week in the country. And, uh, and I say that week because it is a week long. Tell us what went on at Bonhams, because I know you're uh, you were kind of like in charge. Of, you're like media, um, I guess media consultant there with uh, with Bonhams, and then I know now you're kind of like uh, up on the block and you're a reader. 
and you've done a lot of, uh, let's just say, cataloging and writing and all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a, a, a great relationship with Bonhams. I've worked with them for a long time. I really enjoy what they do, how they do it, the team that they have, and the cars that they offer. And I will say that one of the things I love about Bonham is they will sell some of the most valuable cars in the world. Uh, they made the world record with the Mercedes-Benz F1. They made the record with the Ferrari GTO. And I know that that's always fun to look at who's doing that, Bonhams, RM Sotheby's, whoever that may be. But what I also love about Bonhams is they have a very nice breadth. And so there is something from brassier cars and the motor coaches all the way up to supercars and everything in between. And so that, to me, is what's very special because I've got broad taste. And I know that uh, there's something for everyone and at all different uh, economic levels as well. But what I've been doing at Bonham the past year is introducing the cars up there on the podium with the auctioneers with Jamie Knight, Rupert Banner, Malcolm Barber, and that's also a lot of fun, too, because it means I have to research the cars quite well. And, uh, you know, I'm always learning, and it's a subject matter that I love, and so that's kind of fun. Now, I've done that, too, a few years uh, when I worked for another auction company, but do you memorize it, or do you have a script up there with you? Oh, gosh, no, I couldn't possibly memorize <laughs> it. I mean, there, <laughs> there, there, are, there are, I mean, there's a lot of basic things that I inherently know, just like you do and probably most of the people in the audience. But, no, I definitely have notes in front of me, that's for sure. Each car, you know, especially when you're talking about uh, what makes each car unique or special. Okay. Uh, Pebble Beach, did you get a chance to go to Pebble Beach this year? I didn't go on Concourse Sunday. Uh, flew back home. My boys started school the very next day, which seemed kind of early to me, but that's how it was. Okay. So I left Saturday night, and um, so I did get around to some of the events, and I this might be a good segue. I don't want to uh, intrude here, but what was really nice is I got to see uh, N-Moto's Nostalgia Motorcycle as they placed it on the concept lawn there at uh, Pebble Beach with all the other cars. So there was some there were some amazing things to see from the vintage and the classics to the uh, you know con- conceptual uh, supercars and and the, uh, these guys uh, N-Moto motorcycle. It was fabulous. So, the the end mode, now we're going to have um, Alex on here in a few minutes. I think Tommy's going to go ahead and give him a call. Tommy, we're not going to go to a break, so just go ahead and just get Alex on the phone, and then we'll just kind of, uh, we'll segue him into the deal. But he did a very, very interesting um, motorcycle, like you mentioned. And it's funny, because I had to read up on it a little bit, because I couldn't remember if the original motorcycle, the type, the R7, the 1934 prototype, if that was destroyed or if they found it, and I guess as the story goes, it was built, disassembled, put away in a crate because the war was had, had was taking place. And then here sometime right. in the early 2000s, they opened up the crate, not 100% sure what was in it, and they rediscovered that motorcycle and reassembled the bike, and then they put the bike on tour. That's exactly right. So built in 1934, uh, beautiful Art Deco prototype, one of one. A lot of people refer to it as the Mona Lisa of motorcycles because it's unique, it's gorgeous, it's got those sweeping Art Deco lines. Of course, uh, like you say, World War II comes, uh, they kind of shelve everything, focus on making vehicles for the military, and then the motorcycle is lost for the next 70 years or so. And just like you say, somebody finds it in the warehouse or they find a crate, they open it up, they realize what it is, they uh, reassemble it, so they had it. Uh, they reassemble it, and uh, there were there was a little bit of damage done from time. I believe some corrosion, but I mean it was all there, and uh, it was shown at Pebble Beach a few years ago. 2012. So again, this is a, there you go. So this this is a great way to circle back to to uh, Car Week at Pebble Beach, and uh, Alexander, who you're going to bring on the show in just a moment, he saw it there and was swept off his feet and he's the one that can tell you the story about that but um that is yeah you're, you're absolutely right as, as far as the story about the bmw r7 goes well without further ado i think it's time to introduce the uh, founder of nmoto 
And uh, motorcycle, uh, again, aficionado, connoisseur. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Alexander Nisnik. Alexander, how you doing? And welcome to the show. Alex, are you there? Oh, I think we lost him. We got Hello? Hello? Alexander, are you there? No, no, I'm here. I'm here. You're here. <laughs> okay. How you doing, Alex? Yes. Yes. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me at your show. Uh, Jared, go ahead and say hi to Alex. Alex, it's good to hear your voice. Same here, Jared. How are you? So I'm doing well, Rob. Yeah, go ahead, Robert, please. Well, we're all three here. We're all kind of, well, and Jared and I are good friends. Jared is actually kind of a liaison tonight, you know, because he knows uh, uh, quite a bit about uh, Alexander and about the motorcycle. So, uh, Alex, why don't you tell us a little bit how the whole concept came about for you with uh, N-Moto? Well, uh, it came in about uh, in 2012. I was at Pebble Beach where uh, the... uh, restored original 1934 r7 was presented for the first time and uh, when i saw that bike i immediately fell in love with it and uh, that's it this is how it all started i said in a few years i'll be retiring and uh, this is something that it's a beautiful shape beautiful curves it's a retro bike why not build it today this is something that people would love and uh, I had response from different people that were staying next to me at the show, talked to different people at Pebble Beach. Everybody loved that motorcycle. And um, if you look at the original 1934-7, it is a beautiful motorcycle. So that became my passion. And uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a motorcycle enthusiast. I'm not a builder, actually. I'm a businessman. And um, uh, I didn't know where to start and uh, how to start building it. So I was at the... Bledsoe's at Bonneville races, and I met a friend of mine, who became a friend of mine, actually, Stanislav Pablo, who is a seasoned uh, designer and a builder, and uh, I shared my dream with him that I'm looking to build uh, something similar to uh, R7, and he liked the idea, and he happened to be from uh, Miami, Florida as well, so when he finished his races at Bonneville, we got together. And uh, starting putting a team of people together, engineers, metal shapers, um, mechanics. And this is how it began. I rented a warehouse, a 10,000 square foot warehouse. And uh, my dream began from that point. Now, you mentioned that you're a motorcycle enthusiast. And uh, I believe in our discussion earlier, you talked a little bit about how you you grew up in New York. So in New York... Uh, you know, like a lot of kids, like my age, you know, we, we screwed around with motorcycles, mini bikes, dirt bikes, and stuff like that. In New York, where you grew up, I mean, was there places that you could ride motorcycle? When did you first develop your interest in motorcycle? Was it as a child then? It was as a teenager. It was scooters and mopeds. Okay. And then uh, my neighbor had a BMW that he's always uh, fixing it and playing it, and I was watching him fixing the bike, and he taught me how to ride how to ride it, and uh, around the age of 7, 18, I bought my first motorcycle, and uh, never got off till today. My first bike was 1964 BMW R69, and I love that bike. Actually, it's very similar to, to the one that I've made, the, the uh, Nostalgia, but uh, yeah, this is where I started, from from scooter to motorcycle. What, and for, yeah. Alex, what, what year was your bike? What year was your first motorcycle? 1964 in 1978. I, you know, I didn't know that. That's funny. My very first motorcycle was also a BMW. It was a, it was a 1972 60/5. I and that was my first motorcycle in in title, registration, insurance, everything. So that's interesting. I didn't know your your very first bike was a BMW also. That's cool. Yes, yes, it was the first bike BMW, and I still uh, after that I had pretty much every bike that exists. Uh, I had every single BMW, I had every single Harley, but still my heart is with BMW. Now, Alex, the new bike that you're building, the new R7, uh, it's BMW powered, correct? That's correct. Um, when we were looking to build it back, my engineers were looking. We were not going to build a new engine, a new transmission. We were looking for something closest to DNA as possible for the original R7. And R90 
was the perfect motorcycle to use because BMW produced it back just for this purpose, customization. And uh, it worked out perfectly. We didn't have to do engine and transmission. We just have to build the bodies and a lot of little gadgets to make it work. Altogether, it was 96 pieces to make that motorcycle the way it looks today. So is it, would it be fair to say that the frame and every other component, all other 96 components, are all scratch-built specifically for this motorcycle then? No, the frame, engine, and transmission is original from BMW. Oh, Everything okay. else was built. Okay, so the frame... So you have a brand new motorcycle. Yes, you have, in the frame, we did not touch the frame. We did not touch transmission. We did not touch the engine. The motorcycle is brand new. If you, we get a brand new from the dealership. We get a brand new R90s, completely undress them, and build on that base. Oh, okay. Well, now that begs another question. So basically... Sure, sure. No, I was going to say, so the basically, no, no, if, so if, if I buy this motorcycle from you, would it be fair to assume that I have a factory BMW motorcycle warranty with the, with the powertrain as well? Unfortunately, when you do play with a motorcycle as well as with the cars and you do some kind of adjustment, your warranty is void. Oh, but okay. we do not touch this. It is void one way or the other. Okay. Now the motorcycle, the new motorcycle that is that this is originally based on, is that a fuel injected motor or is that carbureted motor? Because I believe the one that you're building is carb. It, it, no, no, it's a fuel injection. Oh, it is fuel injection. Okay, yes, it's a fuel injection. Yeah, it, it just looks vintage. It looks but, vintage. Okay. Uh, it's a brand new. Yeah, it's a, it's a brand new motorcycle. Yes. Interesting. It's a perfect balance between uh, between art and function. You know. Uh-huh. And it's built by the by the enthusiast for the enthusiast. So when you get a motorcycle like this, you have no more leaks, no more scarce parts availability, and you can actually show this motorcycles uh, on the street instead of your garage or your collection. Now let me ask you the question. So how much? What's the what's going to be the production run of these motorcycles? How many do you plan on building? And for how long, and are there going to be other models, and can you have it any different colors? I mean, give us some of the, 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 the details. And, sure. And sure. Uh, there's a, right now we have available 11 BMW original colors of that time, but uh, if it's a custom-made color that you prefer, we can have one painted to any color you like. We had one client calling us and said, can you match my Ferrari? To your motorcycle, of course we can. So uh, um, the, 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 the colors you can get any any color that you like. The production we're planning to have ten motorcycles a month. It's um, about 120 bikes a year. And as far as the different models, uh, in the future we will have different models. I have my eye on the, uh, some retro motorcycles from the past that uh, caught my eye and uh, deserve the homage. But uh, right now, I'm completely dedicated to the to the nostalgia, and uh, we have orders already throughout the year. We completed taking orders for the year 2019, and we're taking orders for 2020. So I have a, my hands full with the production at this point. So you're sold out. That's a fair statement, then, right? We're sold. We're sold out for this year. That's correct. We started in January, and we're sold out for the year 2019. And all the deliveries would take still take an order for 2020, but the deliveries will be somewhere times in the um, first quarter of uh, 2020. Okay. Now the motorcycle has a very Art Deco look to it. So the fenders, the tank, um, excuse me, <coughs> all that stuff you had to kind of retro design to fit the contour of that bike because the actual frame, like you said, is a contemporary frame. Um, Right. Is, is it fair to say that all the components are hand built, or is, are there some of are some of the parts being stamped and pressed? None of the parts are stamped and pressed. It's all, yes, it's all hand built. We used to create this uh, motorcycle. We used SolidWorks, uh, and as a secondary source, we we used Autodesk uh, Fusion 360. All of the parts that's made on this motorcycle are handmade. Every single one of them. It's all aluminum parts. Fenders, wow. uh, mount, brackets. We even created our throttle system, gas tank. Everything is handmade. It takes about 900 man hours to put one together. We wow. don't use any presses, no stamping. It's just old English wheel and, and a hammer. That's it. 
<laughs> Old English wheel and a hammer. Okay, that's the basics. That works. Now, when you when yeah. when you uh, design the bike, and you wanted to keep us as close to the original bike as possible, did they allow you to do, let's say, like a computer um, scanning of the original motorcycle so that you could kind of copy that in a way? Um, was was BMW receptive to that, or how did you come up with being uh, able to reproduce everything almost as exact as the original 1934 motorcycle? <laughs> uh, what we did after the show, I took the picture and blew it up for the full size of the motorcycle and hanged it in my shop. And really? we built the bike from the picture. Yep. So you reverse engineered or reverse designed it off a picture then? We reverse designed it of the picture. And it's not a copy of the bike. It was inspired by the R7. Okay. It, they look similar, but they are, com they are different motorcycles. But in the look, they look similar. Okay. And uh, a lot of people tell us that the, the R looks better than the original. Actually, <laughs> I, I can proudly say that... Uh, the BMW Museum in Munich just acquired one. So this is for, for, for me and for my team. It's like a gold medal, Olympic, Olympic gold medal. When the BMW have acquired one for themselves, and this is a recognition of what we have done. Excellent. No, you can be very proud of that. That's amazing. I'll tell you what's even more. Um, yes, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that's the ultimate compliment. I want to throw that in there for Alex. He's, uh, he's, he's very modest about what he's accomplished and uh, talking about all the different hand parts that he makes. So to your question, this is absolutely not a kit. And I think since you're a Porsche guy, a great parallel would be to talk about Singer, for example. Okay. Or even Magnus Walker or Rod Emery. And, but Singer is really good. And so that was kind of the approach that Alex took about building his motorcycle and he uh, the he wasn't exactly sure what BMW would say if they said anything at all. And the ultimate compliment is that they called and invited him to show his motorcycle at Villa d'Este, uh, the the Concord Elegance there on Lake Como in Italy, alongside the original 1934 R7 that they were going to bring out of the museum and have on display side by side by Alex's bike. And it was so well received that they did it again at an event in France called Wheels and Ways, and then at Motorrad Days back in Bavaria. And so to see the two bikes side by side is really, it's really something else. And it's, it's the ultimate compliment from BMW Group to Alex. And um, so I, I tip my hat to Alex and also to the people at BMW for recognizing it. It's, it's, it's incredibly cool. Alex, Thank you, Jared. That's correct, too. Yeah, this is the first time that actually BMW took this bike from the museum and brought it to Italy and put it us on the podium together with the original R7. It's a great honor for us and uh, could not be any happier. Well, another honor, and, uh, another honor was the fact that you actually had that motorcycle on the concept lawn at Pebble Beach, a motorcycle which has never been done before, to my knowledge, correct? That's correct. Also, this is also a matter for us. We're the first bike in the Pebble Beach history to be on the concept lawn. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't find the right words for the occasion, but uh, I'm very proud and very honored and for, for me and for all, all my team that made it happen. Now, tell us about that a little bit, because that's quite an honor. So did, did the people from the Pebble Beach, um, uh, the uh, I can't, can't think of the, the, the name right now, because we had Nick Waller on a couple weeks ago. And uh, so from the selection committee, basically, is what they call it. Right, Jared? Selection committee would be? Um, yeah, so we, yeah, we, worked, we worked with, the, with the, um, the team at Pebble Beach to have the motorcycle on there. And... Um, it, 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 there were obviously parameters. I mean, they run a very tight ship. It's, it's the most prestigious concours in the world. And they said that the concept lawn is where Bentley, uh, you've got Lotus's incredible new uh, hypercar, uh, Lamborghini, Pagani, uh, Audi, they're going to have their cars. So having this, um, having this motorcycle there was really cool to see. And there were some really interesting people that took notice as well, because everybody has to walk by there, as you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I saw it, and uh, I was totally impressed with it. I was surprised. I mean, I just, like, 
Because I just saw it in magazines and saw it on the internet. To be able to see it in person is stunning. It really is. So, uh, actually, actually, on the very first day, early in the morning, at nine or nine thirty, uh, there was not that many people, but there were people already. I see Jay Leno stepping over the chain, <laughs> chain that you know, and walking right over to me. And we start, he knew about the bike. We started talking about the bike. He loved the bike. So much that he came back twice to see us again. So it was very honor. It's honor for us for people like Jay Leno, who that has a great collection and he knows about the bikes more than I do. Come over and um, congratulate us for being there. Now um, let's go back a few minutes because you said uh, that you have. Because I asked if you're going to have any other models in the works, and you said, yeah, if a retro motorcycle catches your eye that you may go ahead and try to recreate that on a modern chassis. So would it be fair to say that it doesn't necessarily have to be a German motorcycle, it could be an Italian motorcycle, it could be a British motorcycle, but you would just take it to the next level like you did the R7? That would be correct. It doesn't have to be a German motorcycle, but uh, the second will be a German, and the third one will not be a German motorcycle. <laughs> okay. the, the second will be a BMW again, okay. but there are more, more retro motorcycles that I do love, and they do not exist anymore. If they exist, they exist in the private collections, one or two pieces throughout the world, and I would love to do that, and we will do it as soon as, uh, as, soon as I have more time on my hands to do it. Okay. Now, you talked about you have your own private motorcycle collection. Why don't you tell us about some of the motorcycles in your private collection? Well, I don't have that many bikes, but I selectively I have a 1942 Harley-Davidson, uh, which is a police bike. I purchased it from the museum in Texas. Uh, we have it with suicidal shifter. I have a 1942 Indian, also suicidal shifter. I have a couple of Norton's couple of uh, triumphs. No, not a big collection, but the bikes that I like like myself. And of course, I have R69S in my collection. Okay. Exactly 1964, obviously, since it was my first bike. And uh, the rest of the bikes, uh, you know, I just, I, 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 I like my bikes aesthetically. And, uh, and that's how I get them. Okay. What about, um, do you drive your bikes a lot? I mean, do you ride your bikes actively? Uh, I ride my bikes, uh, yes, I ride my bikes uh, on the weekends now mm -hmm. because uh, I'm getting older and uh, Miami is getting busy, too many tourists looking <laughs> uh, at GPSs and uh, taking photos, so it's a little bit dangerous now, but I still do ride it on the weekend and uh, try to do it early in the morning, 6, 7, be, be back home by 11, 10 o'clock, 3, 4 hours, I, every Saturday, Saturday, I take it out. Okay. How about cars? Do you have any cars in your collection? I, I don't collect them, I just ride them. You just ride them. <laughs> I, uh, uh, yeah, there's no antique cars that I uh, have in my collection, but I do have a few beautiful cars that I ride myself. Okay, anything you want to share with us? Any kind of really nice cars? Let me take a guess. You have a BMW. The, 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 no, actually, no. <laughs> you don't? Yeah, uh, I have a... No, I had a 740i, and I just got, changed it to a... Mercedes-Benz 760, uh -huh. and um, I also have Tesla in my collection, which is I ride every day and I love it. Tesla 100, and I also have a Rolls-Royce Ray that I uh, silver and blue that I love a lot, but I don't, don't put too many miles on it. So this is my three favorite cars at this time. Don't you? You, you, also again? Have a, a, you also have good taste in both, don't you, Alex? Boats. Especially living there in Florida. I, I, I cannot hear. I don't know. Okay. He, he said, yeah, uh, Alex, uh, Jared said that you have a good yes. taste in boats. So tell us about some of your boats. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, both. I had a Riva 44. Oh, beautiful. Uh, they, I think, yes, it's, uh, they're called Rolls Royce on the water. And I think Riva had the commercial. Uh, like you drive up with your Rolls Royce from one Rolls Royce and you get to another one, which is Riva. And this is exactly what I do. I drive up with my Rolls Royce up to the dock and go to the river. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it's, a it's a beautiful boat. For people that aren't, for our listeners, Riva is one of the finest boats built, and they're made in Italy, correct? That's correct. I think at Riva 44, there's only 14 boats like this in the States. There are bigger ones and there are smaller ones. But exactly 44 footers, there's only 14 of them. 
here. I think Justin Bieber has one. Uh, few other, few other uh, famous people have it, but there's not that many. But it's a beautiful boat. You just when you ride it, just like rolls, people pay attention to it. Now the newer, the old days, the Rivas were real popular in Italy, and you used to see them a lot in Venice, and they'd be on lakes, and they were wooden boats. They were fine, 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 handcrafted wooden boats. The newer boats, they're not wood; they have like a, a, a veneer, but it's basically a fiberglass boat, correct? That's a fiberglass boat, but the hull is all wood, just oh, the, like the old days. Like oh, is you it? See them in Venice. The hull, yes, it is. Okay. What? Yeah. What kind of power? There, what what there, kind of? There, 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 what kind of engines are powered? It has a two-man engines there. I'm not sure about the power myself because I do not operate. I have kept on doing it for me. Uh, okay. I want to enjoy it more, more than... But uh, I know it's a man, two-man two engines. I don't know, I'm not sure exactly about how how powerful it is. But I know from Miami, um, uh, you can get to Bahamas in a couple of hours. Oh. Bimini is, is the first island, so it's, it's pretty powerful. Okay, super. So you know, you know uh, Robert. Yes. One of the, the uh, I'm in in just about a week. I'm heading over to the Riva factory in Italy to take a look at their workshop. And the reason that I'm so excited to do that is because I've heard that it's very similar to say Bentley, where you have all of this high tech Star Wars style robotics, but you also have the men who are trained as carpenters that you know are there with a uh, you know band saws and so forth, and the smell of wood and it's a really fascinating, or so I'm told, like at the Bentley factory, a fascinating combination of old-world craftsmanship and modern technology. And that goes back to Alex and what he's doing with BMW, where he's talking about hand-hammering and using an English wheel uh, with also the latest technology in motorcycles. So it's, uh, to me, uh, what Alex is doing, what Bentley's doing, what, what I hope to see Riva doing when I'm over there, it's 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 fascinating and it really appeals, I think, to anyone who's really into motoring and also the heritage and the history of it all. Interesting, interesting. Now, um, I I got to ask you this, Jared. Since you've been with Bonhams for quite a number of years, at least five or six that I know of, or longer probably, um, do you get to go to some of their events in Europe, or do you stay just mainly here in the United States? Because if you're going to Riva, you're going to visit the Riva factory. Doesn't Bonhams, don't they have an, an auction in, uh, in in northern Italy or France or someplace this time of year? Uh, n uh, not this time of year, but they do have an auction in, um, in they will have an auction in uh, northern Italy in the fall. And they also have uh, the Grand Palais, which happens during uh, uh, um, Retromobile in Paris okay. in, uh, in the early in the new year. Um, and they've also sold some really cool boats as well. Uh, I don't go over there for Bonham, but um, and I, I when I work with Bonham, I usually just work with the motoring department here in North America, and not necessarily in Europe. So it, I go over there for separate things. Okay, well we have a few minutes left, so real quick, what I'm going to do, Jared, why don't you go ahead and give out the uh, the uh, social media and the contact information for Bonhams while we're on the subject, and then we'll have Alex come back on and, and give out the information on his uh, company. Great. Uh, so for Bonhams, it's bonhams.com bonhams or bonhams.com slash motoring. And that will take you to all the different car sales and motorcycle sales. Uh, what's really exciting to me is the Stafford England motorcycle sale that's coming up. And the reason that's exciting is because, one, they have tons of incredible bikes, but they also have, um, they've consigned a collection from Italy. And I don't know if it's public knowledge, so I won't say any more than that. But anyone who's into bikes will know about this collection, and they'll know about the motorcycles. And I don't know when they're, when they're going to be able to make that announcement, but Stafford takes place in October, and it's going to be very special. And, of course, they've got great cars. But as far as social media, their Instagram is Bonhams Motoring, and it's always great eye candy. And then uh, Alex will tell you about his social media which uh, and his website, too. In fact, his website in my opinion, is done extremely well, and it's a lot of fun to peruse it. The way he's, he talks about uh, the bike, the inspiration, the history, the components, also the press that he's received. So I'll let him talk about that. Okay, super. Alex, why don't you well, go, ahead, go ahead and share the information about how people can find out more about uh, Enmoto. 
Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Uh, you, you said everything I wanted to say, so I'll just add <laughs> that, <laughs> that I, I couldn't put it any better than you just did. You can find us at nmoto.com, where Miami-based company located in North Miami. And uh, go on the website, take a look at our bikes, give us a call, come visit us. We'll give you a test ride. We would love to you to look at how we make them. So give us a call, and we'll, we'll greet you like a royalty. Super, super. And his, his, Instagram, his Instagram is nmotostudio, and then, you know, hashtag nmoto or nmotostudio. But, of course, you go to his website, nmoto.com, and you can find all of his social media handles. Excellent, excellent. Well, hey, guys, uh, we're just about up against the clock, but I want to thank you very much, Jared. Thank you very much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, definitely look forward to seeing Always you. Always a pleasure. We'll see you in uh, probably the next one that uh, I will be at, that you'll be at, will be Scottsdale, right? Yeah, crazy. uh, We're already looking forward to that. 2020. Um, Are you going to make it to uh, Barber Motorsports by any chance? I'm going to make it to Barber, yes. And um, I should have mentioned that, too. Um, Dave, you you, you need to take a look at the the, the lead bike they've got is this great Crocker uh, and and a Merkel that they've got leading the sale. But, yeah, that's... That's coming up soon, too. That's in October. So I'll be at Barber, and okay. I'll also be at Scottsdale and Amelia Island next year. Excellent. And uh, I want to thank my other special guest for the evening, Alex Ninznik. I think I pronounced it right there. Motorcycle collector, connoisseur, and founder of Enmoto in the fabulous Art Deco 1934, well, actually, ni- 2019, BMW R7. So both of you guys, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show this evening, and I wish you both the best of luck. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, very good. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Jared. Okay, very good. Anyway, hey, I want to thank all my listeners again for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget to tell your friends every Tuesday night between 7 and 8 p.m. for the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports. Don't forget to follow us on some of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, well, we're not really, uh, we're working on the Instagram thing, but definitely Twitter. Um, And, like I said, I hope to see some of you guys at some of the local car shows. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.